I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I was 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, hold your horses. It's fucking emergency. Uh, this is a, a special edition of the AirBuds podcast. Uh, internet radio, if you're nasty. Uh, I'm Jamel. I'm Peter. Michael is in an undisclosed location without a microphone. Um, and it's our weekly emergency episode. We, we don't, don't do emergency we don't episodes. Do emergencies. Look, we don't do emergencies unless it's really freaking serious. And listen, this one is serious as a summer basketball heart attack. Jamel, we have a special guest on the line, a real, actual basketball reporter, writer, human being, someone yes. who I can't believe you coerced into joining us tonight, <laughs> uh, a writer for SI covering the Clippers, for The Athletic covering the Los Angeles Sparks. Welcome to the Airbuds podcast, Sabrina Merchant. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. This is great. Oh, man, thanks for doing it. And uh, Sabrina, I'm sorry for lying to you. I told her that we own Reader's Digest. (laughs) (laughs) We could probably get you some kind of plug in there still. That's we're just we're just glad you're on board. Well, depending on how this, you know, half hour goes, I may have to hold you to that. We have pulled you away from a Lakers game at this very moment, which I'm assuming you're invested in. The Internet says you were born and raised Los Angeles. Can you confirm? Yeah, I, I think uh, San Monica Hospital still has my records. Wow. Whoa. 
Whoa, that is, bars, bars. <laughs> that's more legit than anyone I've ever met who went to Harvard-Westlake and has a cocaine problem. Yeah, you, motherfuck- <laughs> right you motherfuckers think you know what a smoothie is? You think you know? <laughs> Y'all don't know shit, baby. Yo, being from Santa Monica, is t- are you from Santa Monica or just born? In- I lived in Santa Monica until I was like five years old. Now Santa- I'm just L.A. Was I Santa Monica? In- no, my bad. Was it like thugged out in the uh, 80s and 90s? Was Santa Monica like crazy? No, it was not. Okay. I mean, maybe I didn't notice when I was a five-year-old, so it's hard to say. Yeah. Do you yeah. do your loyal your loyalties lie specifically with the Lakers, or are you like me when you go to a Lakers Clippers game and just root for all baskets? My loyalties lie specifically with the Lakers, mm. but I have grown fond of the Clippers in the time that I have been covering them. So, and how long have you, you know. been covering them for? Uh, two years now. Okay, that's the perfect amount of time because we had uh, season tickets during Lob City, and that was the worst time to enjoy the Clippers. <laughs> they were just – they hated each other just as much as the fans hated them. It was – Oh, it man, was I love those little Chris Paul and Pau Gasol little dust-ups. Oh, my God. It was uh, – Nothing was, makes uh, me happier than a dust-up, man. God, <laughs> I love getting fucking dusty, man. The way Chris Paul looked at all of his teammates, I would consider a dust-up, to be honest. One of my favorite things to do while watching basketball games is to identify who I think Chris Paul's least favorite teammate would be. Mm. Yeah. Hard hard during the Clippers years because it felt like it was actually all of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's interchangeable. It changes. Right now, his least favorite teammate has to be Diallo. Diallo? Oh, I would say Nerlens. Ooh, oh, yeah. Come on. Good one. <laughs> oh, but it's also shit. only a matter of time until he starts to get upset with, like, uh, Gildress Alexandra Shine. Like, I feel mm. like, you know what I, I mean? You're going to have would. some, like, you really? I mean, it's like he's just too young and too excited to be hanging out with Chris Paul. Post another couple more, like, 2010 and 20s and uh, call me in the morning. Yeah, I'm I with you, see. Peter. I think he's going to, it's going to wear on him fairly soon. Yeah, once he once he realizes he's there past the trade deadline, I think all bets are off. <laughs> oh well, yeah, no, he's he's going to be cool until that trade deadline. Then everyone's getting touched. No, er, no one's safe. Uh, people are getting socked in the mouth at breakfast. Sabrina, we had you on because well, actually, we've been trying to have you on for a while because truth be told, um, Jamel is probably like number one Washington Mystics fan on the West Coast, but we are a Super pro WNBA podcast, and the emergency alarm was sounded because there was a collective bargaining agreement that the internet is telling me is monumental, and we wanted to talk to someone who could explain it to us because we are idiots. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not sure that I approve of the Washington Mystics fandom, but... Whoa. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) I, I approve of all WNBA fandom. It's, it's almost, all good. I almost lost it. I'm bringing a lot of toxic male energy to women's <laughs> sports, and uh, I'm not afraid to do it. You like are only important. focusing that toxic male energy on other men, though. So that is a good. Yeah. That 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 I feel like that that absolves you of all your. Sins. I saw. Yeah, I think that's I, about right. I saw a guy in a Charlotte Sting hat, and I put him in the hospital. <laughs> I just didn't. I just don't want you around me. We are pro everything WNBA except for Derek Fisher. Oh yeah, I uh, I can relate to that. Uh, let's hope this doesn't get back to him. I mean, <laughs> listen, Derek Fisher always welcome on the podcast, just like Candace Parker. Obviously, not at the same time, but we are. We just, I mean. 
that I feel like that didn't get enough shine about like what the hell happened in that that last playoff game and just with Derek Fisher apparently being terrible at coaching in general. It's funny because uh, Candace has her own podcast now, right, with Kristen Ledlow. Yeah, it's good. They were talking about load management in one episode, and she was like, well, you know, I was unwittingly load managed in the playoffs last season. Damn. (laughs) Yo, that's fucking awesome. Come on, man. You got to play your stars. I hate when coaches, like, have some sort of, like, moral compass that's, like, way off. Well, also, he doesn't have a moral compass because he also seemingly never had, like, a game plan for the entire season. Like, it seemed like the Sparks thrived in spite of him being on the sidelines wearing his, like, you know, two-toned men's warehouse suits. Yeah, it's like he studied under Phil, but he didn't do the same amount of acid. You know what I mean? Like, Phil was, like, coaching off vibes, dude. It was all vibes. And I don't think Fish understands the vibes. I don't think he ate mushrooms like that. I will say uh, Fish's um, X's and O's are not his strength as a coach. But if you want to find good things in his Sparks tenure, you can find good things. If you want to find bad things, you can find bad things. I feel like it's, you know, he gets a lot of uh, grief because he's Derek Fisher. Sure, sure. He's all about, he's not about the X's and O's. He's about the Jill's and Joanna's. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Okay. I feel like that was, that was... That was uh, hey, that was like at least a, a four out of ten, right? Yeah, I'm, solid. I was gonna let it sit there. I appreciate any attempts, is what I'll say. <laughs> hey guys, we'll get back to the show real fast, but first we're gonna tell you about Untuck It, bros. You ever seen an untucked button-down shirt before? Fucking gross. Gross. They look terrible. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there is Untuck It original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked with more than 50 fit combinations untucked shirts look great on talls shorts slims not slims athletics guys of all ages i actually did just wear a j crew shirt to a stand-up show and it was untucked and it felt a little skirtish it was a little skirty i always wanted to wear a skirt though you, i mean you still can man right now we're a podcast that is definitely pro skirt that's fine you know me. I'm a. I'm passionate about Porky Piggin, right? You are. I yeah. love to wear a shirt, no pants, out in public. Yep. Well, then Untuck It. Untuck It is perfect for that. No, it's not. Untuck It is not good for that. We'll <laughs> oh, get too okay. much. We'll get too much. We'll get too much action of Michael there, and that's why you can choose styles like wrinkle-free button-down, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never be long and baggy, so you cannot be Porky Pigging. I guess you're right. I got too much ass to cover up. That's right. Yeah, Their I mean, website. Is <laughs> yeah, that is. Website is super easy to use, and even the whole page is devoted to helping you find their fit. So, whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Back to the Shoza. Uh, so, all right, let's get into it. Treat us like we are the Muppet Baby Idiots that we are. Mm-hmm. The, um, the WNBA just came to a new CBA agreement that people are calling groundbreaking. Why is this such a big deal, and why should we as WNBA loyalists be really excited about this? 
All right. So first things first, I think the most important thing about them reaching an agreement on a new CBA is that means there's a season this year, which was in jeopardy. I don't know that everyone was fully aware of the fact that there was potentially a lockout happening this summer, which means we wouldn't wouldn't have WNBA basketball. So the fact they were able to come to an agreement is first and foremost, the most important thing, just because I wouldn't want to go through a summer without WNBA basketball. That would significantly hamper my summer experience. So big picture, we have a season and this collective bargaining agreement lasts through 2027. So that means eight more years of WNBA basketball, although there is an opt out after six years. So that's... That's big picture. Uh, second thing, I think what the players have been promoting the most uh, is that this CBA really improves player experience. Uh, so I'm sure if you follow the WNBA, you're aware of the travel issues that the teams go through, how they're stuck on these delays and players have to sit in middle seats, even though they're you know larger than normal human beings and it's not comfortable and they have to perform in peak athletic shape and sitting in a cramped plane doesn't exactly provide the best environment for that. So they've been, haven't upgraded to charter flights, but they have upgraded to economy plus or at least comfort and all stars class. Yeah. All stars can upgrade to first class. So that's a big, big change for them. At least comfortable seating while they're flying. I know Candace Parker said once that she, after winning the title in 2016, they were in Minnesota and she had to fly back in the middle seat to Los Angeles because that's all they were allowed to do. Uh, so this is this is a genuine upgrade that they're allowed to have better seats on planes. And hopefully, like, they had chartered planes in the second round of the playoffs this year for the WNBA. So maybe that's still an option for uh, postseason games. I know Chinea Gumake said on ESPN that there is the option to get charters, you know, down the road. I don't really know what that means. It's fairly vague, but the fact that charters are in the discussion is at least a good thing. And then it's sneaky. It's sneaky for um, my degenerate gambling purposes. But anytime you see a a WNBA player complaining about the flight in the middle of a back to back, Mm -hmm. I am always taking the home team. Yeah, um, that's uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to I don't want to send anyone down the, the, the dark path that I've gone. But hey, it no. is uh, if, if you should definitely go on Twitter and look at some of the horror stories of them flying through. Another thing that I saw is that their compensation is almost tripling the average player. Is that true? So this is a little tricky because it's not quite tripling. All right. So the current WNBA salary cap is nine hundred ninety six thousand dollars per team. I bring up the 996000 because it's such a stupid thing by the WNBA that they couldn't just round up to $1 million to make our math easier. Um, but it's currently about $1 million per team. They've raised it to $1.3 per team, so that's a 30% increase, which is nice for all 12 players. The maximum salary has gone up from 117000 to 215000 um, And then there are bonuses that players can add on top of that for winning MVP or making all-star games or, you know, being named all defense or first or second team, all WNBA uh, winning awards, things of that nature. And then on top of that, there is this marketing budget that the WNBA has to give to players during the off season so that they promote the league when the games are on session and an individual player can receive up to $250,000 in that marketing money. So when you add all of those together, 
an individual player could make upwards of $500,000, but that requires essentially winning like every award and getting the full allotment of that marketing money. Which is like, so someone can make like a short film about the WNBA? Like, how do they determine who's getting like 250K to market? I think it's like, you know, they have to go to events or like camps for young basketball players. I mean, Brianna Stewart was like technically an ambassador of the league this year. So I think she was making some of that allotment money. But yeah, the salaries don't actually go any further than 215,000. But there's other methods of earning compensation. Oh, and there's also this like in-season tournament that they're going to have now called the Commissioner's Cup. Shut and up. The winning, they're doing it? Yeah. They're, and the winning oh, team gets tight. 750K. So 750K divided 12 ways, that also gets added to your, you know, cash compensation. I mean, the, the, the WNBA regular season, they already play harder than the NBA does in like the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they needed more incentive to actually go after like some real cash. I mean, only means they're going to be like like just the elbows are going to be flying and bodies are going to be flying like crazy. Next yeah. Time. Because I mean the, the rookie salary I think is uh $50,000 for, you know, draft picks this year. And like we said, you know, 750,000 split 12 ways. That's 62 K just for winning the cup. So you can bet those people on minimum contracts are going to be busting their asses off to win this in season tournament. I know if I made some memes, if I make memes, if I make pro WNBA memes, you have to give me some of that marketing. (laughs) Don't make me. I don't want to go to every meet and greet for fucking, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jamel, are you seriously asking for the money that that these women just negotiated for? I don't want the money. I don't want the money. I want to see like, like. Like Laisha Clarendon making like sick memes. <laughs> so are you, you know offering I'm? yourself in the pro bono meme service right now? Yes, I will make memes for. Hey, if anybody in the league needs help making memes, I am your man. I can't. <laughs> I can't say it any clearer. Memes, gifts. I could also. Um, I could do original emoticons. I will start a Yahooligans page. I can help in any way. <laughs> you are a man of the people, if nothing else. Serena, something I want to bring up, which I wonder if you had any uh, could could touch on at all, is I know that the um, weak sauce, uh, dirty reply guys out there had a lot to say about this collective bargaining agreement. And some of them bring mm-hmm. up that the WNBA loses about $10 million a year. Um, of course, not acknowledging that that has absolutely nothing to do with how the league is performing. For example, mm-hmm. I know the um, much shittier MLS loses upwards of $100 million every year. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that in terms of what you think this will do for the WNBA business or even do you think the women – I know it's a long question, but like, do you think the, the players are still going to be heading overseas as frequently now with this new CBA? So the overseas question is really interesting because part of the problem with the WNBA is that – all of its players are essentially out of touch for six to eight months out of the year because they're quite literally on the other side of the world. And it's very much that out of sight, out of mind, where if they're not present, you're just not thinking about them and you're not thinking about the league, right? And because they play overseas, that means that they don't have time to rest at all during the season, which lends to higher rates of injury. And it diminishes the overall quality of the WNBA product too, which is a problem. So the new CBA actually is going to start mandating players to come to training camp on time, 
which they haven't had to do in previous seasons if they've played overseas. They can just come whenever their season ends. So the league is trying to prioritize playing in the WNBA and the concession that they had to make, you know, in order to get players to report on time was, all right, we'll pay you more money and give you more money during the offseason. And they're also going to be making jobs available within the NBA family for WNBA players. All of these things so that the WNBA players don't have to go overseas. I think you'll probably still see some rookies and like first to third year players who have the lower salaries continue to play overseas, as well as internationals who want to play for their national team and such. But the idea, from what I understand, from what the commissioner has said, from what the WNBA Players Association said, they don't want overseas to be like a mandatory option for most of the players. They want it to be a supplementary thing that some players do, but not the main source of their income. It does seem like while this is clearly monumental, like a monumental shift in just like how female athletes are getting paid and how it sets the stage for also other female athletes in different sports to Mm -hmm. kind of um, demand like similar compensation. It still like to me does feel like the W like the NBA could also just like throw $15 million at this problem (laughs) and make it like all so much fucking easier. Like it still feels like there are so many things that are barely getting, you know, that are definitely getting better, but like one, you know, just like nice game check from, whatever they made at at Sacramento tonight could just like solve so many more problems for the WNBA and make the product like even fucking better. Heaven forbid they try to like go a little bit above and beyond to entice like women to like, you know, like the the, the league is clearly, this was my first season since the Rockers were around, Mm -hmm. like clear, like really following the league. And it's almost like the potential for the league is almost as infuriating as it is exciting to watch. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, you think about the fact that the Nets, I'm sorry, the the Knicks just, like, bought out Joakim Noah this season, right? So they're paying him $16 million to not pay for the Knicks this season. $16 million is greater than the entire salary cap of the WNBA last season. So you could have doubled every player's salaries this year just with the money the Knicks are paying Joakim Noah to not play basketball for the New York Knicks, which is just an insane thing to think about. And the way the NBA treats the WNBA is something that drives me absolutely nuts. Because, like you said, MLS loses $100 million a year, and they're still getting people to pay for new franchises with exorbitant franchise fees. They're getting publicly funded stadiums for the new soccer teams. That league has expanded from, like, 16 teams to 27 within the last decade. And all anybody wants to talk about is how the MLS is growing even though it's losing so much money. Like, it's an investment to put that money into the league. We're not talking about the fact that they're losing money. We're talking about, oh, you need to put money into it to grow it. But whenever Adam Silver talks about the WNBA, he's always saying, like, well, you know, the it's just something that hasn't quite worked out for us. Like, the marketing hasn't worked out for us. We can't figure out how to promote it. A way to grow a business is not to talk about how shitty the business is. When you want to grow a business, you talk about the potential of it. You talk about what good things it can do. You sound excited about it. You don't make it sound like a weight on your back, you know? And the yeah. fact that they're, you know, losing $10 million a year, chump change for NBA owners. Seriously, chump change. Think about all of the players that are currently sitting out on NBA teams right now or have been bought out. Like Timothy Mozgov or Luol Deng or Andre Godal is just playing golf in Northern California while Memphis pays him a $17 million salary. That's the money that the NBA is complaining about. And they're unwilling to put investment into the WNBA while 
They're spending, you know, money improving the G League. They made select contracts in the G League more money than the highest maximum salary in the WNBA. They're putting money into an entirely new league in NBA Africa, which, granted, I think is a great idea. I just don't think that you can ignore the fact that there are women in your own country who are trying to get a professional basketball league, but spread your resources everywhere else before committing to them first. Like, the WNBA is always thanking David Stern for starting the W. I think the biggest stain on Adam Silver's legacy is the fact that he has shown really no interest in growing this product. Hell yeah. Yes. Bring that. That's what the fuck we talking about. We need some fucking Bernie Sanders on this goddamn show. That is show. what I'm saying, yo. Yo. Bernie Sanders vibes. Coming at you, Adam Silver. Yo. Motherfucking Joe Biden, motherfucker. You, you show that you money fuck ass. to these you ladies. Bitch. Hey, hold up, son. Joe Kim fucking Noah, bro. First off, hell no. Hell no. Joe Kim Who out there hasn't played for fucking eight years, dog? Nah, Joe Kim son. Noah. Timothy Mozgov, Luol Deng can do for the WNBA what Jeff Bezos decides not to do for homelessness and hunger every day. You mean exactly. you mean to fucking you mean to fucking tell me you mean to fucking tell me the money Chandler Parsons gets to look like a fucking bald eagle in a suit is the money we need to bring back the Houston Comets? Hey, look, son, I'm off it. <laughs> it it is. It, I will say. Knowing more about it almost just makes me more furious, to be honest. Man, I'm, about to, I'm about to lose my goddamn marbles. <laughs> I don't believe this. It is like and, – and that's the thing that's like I understand everyone's like, yay, progress, and this is so good, and it is. But it, it's, it's still infuriating. Like the in-game entertainment for a WNBA game at Staples Center like surpasses Lakers and Clippers, and it's not even close. Oh, absolutely. DJ Malski at Sparks Games is so much fun. <laughs> Like, Sparky's DJ. crushing it. Sparky the dog is fucking lit. I saw Tanache do a halftime show. Oh, like, yeah. Listen, hey, Vivica dude. Fox just, like, runs courtside. Also, you know that you're going to be hearing, like, four verses of whatever Moana song or Shaka Khan song they stopped playing <laughs> two minutes ago. Like, it is like they are the most passionate, real fans in L.A. And, and I, the product is so good. The players so good. are so good. Like, the WNBA playoffs this year were outstanding. That Vegas Mystic series was tremendous. And then the finals, even though Deladon got hurt again, just, like, the level of intensity in all five of those games, unbelievable. I mean, she came back. It was, like, it was a low-key Willis Reed. She yeah. She pulled a little bit of a Willis Reed. I'm not going to. I feel like she was kind of Willis Reading the whole season, to be honest. She's like. <laughs> yeah, for, like, two years. Yeah. She, was, she ends up getting hurt all the time. Hey, but when you get the ship at the end, it works. Worth it. Works it. And, like, there's nothing better than when we were going on her carpentry website with her wife, and they're like, sorry, closed for the playoffs. We'll be back soon. It's like, you're a badass. Absolutely. God, I need to make enough money to get a fucking uh, credenza. Uh, Yo, like, all right. The thing about the overseas thing is because I'm, like, a super-duper hoop fan, I – I think it's cool that they play overseas. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, it's, I, mean, I think it's cool that they get a bunch of money, but I, I wish it wasn't like something that they had to do. Exactly. Know? I think it's a nice additional thing that they can choose to do, you know? But I'm sure that most players... Actually, we, we did a survey for The Athletic this year where we asked all of the WMA players anonymously, like a series of 10 questions. And one of the questions was, if salaries were higher, would you still choose to play overseas? 
And I'm pretty sure over 60% said, hell no, because that means you're playing basketball year round, which is just so hard on the body. And NBA players talk about this all the time where they get their skill work done in the off season, you know, like you can never really work on your game while you're always in season, you know, it just makes it so much harder to get better. And you think about how good these players already are. I can't even imagine how much better they would be if they had the time to work on their games during the offseason. Like, they'd be fucking incredible. And it's also unfair because think about, like, the times that we've gotten or, like, the basketball that's been taken away from us from, Mm -hmm. like, Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird, who are now, like, in the twilight of their career but are also kind of all of the time that they've played year-round is caught up to them. And you're losing out on these people on so many different players who are still, like, recovering from just being – you know, from playing year round for so long. Right. Like Brianna Stewart got hurt last year playing in the off season, you know, and I have to imagine that a lot of the injuries that we see in WNBA season are, aren't helped by the fact that they've just been, you know, playing for months on end. Like when I talked to NECA, the president, you know, of the players association over the off season, she said this was the first year in eight years that she hasn't played 12 months in a row. That's obscene. Like, I know we talk about how athletes like get this charmed life because they get played, paid to play a sport. Nobody works as hard as they do, especially when you never get an off season. It is the more you think about it and the more you hear, especially um, Adam Silver talk about it, like continuously infuriating that like this is how hard they had to fight. And it's still there is still so long to go in terms of just giving them. And it's also like you know what it is it's like any restaurant you ever work at and you're like man if this dude who owned this restaurant just wasn't the cheapest like corner cutting grimiest entitled piece of shit then everyone would like working at this restaurant and your restaurant would be if you put five percent more into it your restaurant would be 50 percent better Mm -hmm. and the same goes with the WNBA's relationship to the WNBA. the way they treat it is almost like this burden instead of what you're exactly right it's like a business opportunity and still growing and expanding and like actually tending to you know how you know they really don't care about the WNBA. We got WNBA League Pass last year, mm-hmm. and it is the hottest fucking mess. It's like Windows 95. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what the fuck is going on over I will there, say dog. WNBA League Pass is still miles better than NBA League Pass. Well, yeah, because yeah, you actually get every game. You get every you, game. I can watch. And, like, there's these functions where you can, like, say, like, I want to see all of, you know, Maria Vadiva's shot attempts, and they'll show you the shot attempts, and you can just, like, click to those spots on the laptop. It's... An insanely better product than NBA League Pass, and it's still like super weird. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just using Safari too much, and that's on me. Oh, so yeah, like, you, maybe you I listen. Some Adam eggs. Silver, maybe <laughs> maybe I take that back. But it's still just like if you just cared like the tiniest bit more. Let me ask y'all this. Let me ask y'all this. Okay, so what's the richest contract in the NBA right now? Uh, Chris Is Paul it? or. Who's it? I mean, I feel like we could look this up pretty easily. Uh, uh, it's not LeBron. It feels like it's... It's not Hardeen. Is it Conley? No, I don't I don't think it's Conley. Oh, it's Steph right now. Okay. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, slightly so, better Isaiah Thomas. Great contract. Slightly better Isaiah Gee, Thomas. That's... I, anyway, look. Are we talking, was, like, current Isaiah Thomas? Or yeah, other? any iteration yeah, of Isaiah yeah. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, Peter, Peter's... Peter's got personal issues. My the point is, so what is actually fair? The like I agree that they deserve 
exponentially more. The only drawback is it is literally a shorter season than the NBA. Oh, absolutely. And I so, think, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I'm just, I'm just wondering what you think. What is like a fair number? So like average salary. I think the first thing that comes up a lot when WMA players talk about wanting to be paid more is how much of the revenue they get. So in the NBA's collective bargaining agreement, the men get in between 49 and 51% of all of the revenue that the NBA generates. So let's just say 50% for ease. Um, in the WNBA, the women have been getting about 20% of the revenue the Leaf makes. So it's not that they're getting paid too little, it's that they're getting paid not a high enough percentage of what the league makes. Mm. And the league tries to say like, oh, you know, all young leagues need more, um, need to take in more money than they give their employees because they have to invest more back in the league. They don't invest more back in the league. So I don't really think the league needs to be taking more money away from the players. What's cool about the new CBA is that there is a provision in there that will get the players to 50% of the revenue by 2021 but it says that only happens if they hit certain like revenue revenue and marketing targets. I'd need to see the full text of the document to know what that means before they actually get to 50%. They've been they've been blasting it like, "Oh, we're going to get to 50% in 2021." But I don't know who's setting these targets. I don't know what the targets are supposed to be. I don't know if they're reasonable or not. But them getting to 50% would be monumental because then at least it's equitable if not like, you know, making the same amount of money. Okay, it is. It does feel like somehow they're like the NBA is kind of like biting, like yeah, like kind of making their own product more difficult to thrive. Exactly, in every single way possible. <laughs> what about this? What if Jeff Bezos's ex-wife, Mackenzie <laughs> Bezos, just drops a cool? Be- she's worth. I okay. Hold on. Yeah, she's worth thirty-seven billion dollars. Jesus Christ! Just drop. <laughs> just like end hunger with twenty. <laughs> And then drop one bill on the on the WNBA and just become the queen of the WNBA. Yeah, we'll get the Houston Comets back. We'll get the Cleveland Rockers back. Yes, let's yeah. go. Miami yeah. Soul, you know. Yeah. Sacramento, Sacramento Monarchs. Monarchs. That's Y'all the one. Stay. Yeah. Actually, they can they can stay home. I'd like to see maybe. Let's get somebody else. Yo, Tisha Penichero is one of my all time faves. Oh, Tisha Penichero's sick. Old Dominion yeah. University, Virginia oh, yeah. in the building. It's, 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 I love it. But she had to leave to get a chip. Wait, is, is that not true? She won one in L.A., but did Sacramento win one? I don't think Sacramento won one. Yeah. That's what I I thought. But, yeah, like, the NBA talks all about how, like, I don't know, progressive league it is and how they're so advanced on social issues. They don't give a shit about women. Like, you can't claim to be a progressive league when you ignore 50% of your fan base and an entire league that's supposed to function, like, as a sister to the the NBA. It's infuriating yeah. yeah it does seem like they're not connected it, and it does and it's just like it is very bernie sanders vibes where it's like i know we're supposed to be happy and like we connected with you specifically to pump up why this is a good thing for mm-hmm. the players and for us the fans of the WNBA. but there's still just this shitty taste in your mouth of like you could be doing so much more than this bare fucking minimum for these <laughs> awesome athletes and people yeah, and I, I do think that we probably could stand to celebrate some of the things that have happened, like 30% salary increases, you know, individual hotel rooms, better travel, uh, all of these accommodations that have been made to working moms in the WNBA, which is actually really important. Uh, full salaries while they're on maternity leave, you know, uh, allotment for childcare, 
Uh, there's money that's donated to any fertility treatments they need to take part in. So that's all very cool. And the fact that a women's league didn't have any of that is bonkers. Like, can you think about the fact that this is a professional women's sports league and they didn't have paid maternity leave until this moment? For fucking 20 years. This has been going on for 20 plus, right? That's yeah. fucking nuts. If dudes got pregnant, they would oh get like, they would get like 2% of the team. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, we're just gonna, your kid, we're naming the gym after your child, plus you get 2% on the back end, bro. Okay, I just did a little math. They're getting $5,000 a year for childcare, and I know they're not playing games every single day, but that is like only like $14 a day. Yeah, it's it's not that much, um, but they're supposed to have like childcare on site at the practice facilities and during games. That they have to pay for that? No, no, no. I don't think that $5,000 goes towards that. Oof. Get me yeah. heated. Yeah. <laughs> Get me heated. Man. I t- uh, well, I think, listen, if it's going to make the product better, and I think if it's our responsibility just to continue to drag the NBA and Adam Silver for this, like, absolutely, you know, if, if – if they wait till 2027 to do to make the next round of improvements, I mean, the oceans will probably have swallowed us all by then. But right. Like still like shame on the NBA for not treating this like they're treating any other business venture. So um, I have a question for you guys, actually. Sure. Um, I thought it was a little strange that the announcement came on Good Morning America instead of like ESPN, which is a league partner. Now, I understand if ABC is a league partner, then by definition, like Good Morning America is also within that bandwidth. But the fact that they had this announcement on a non-sports show, I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Did that, I don't know, set off any alarms to you guys or am I just reading too much into this? I mean, you know, I honestly, it didn't trigger me only because the host has the sports background. Uh, I was going to say, I was just like, do you think, the only thing I can think is this specifically for Robin Roberts to make this announcement. Right, right. Yeah, and I like, almost wonder, I like, like, is ESPN, like, holding football coverage to announce this on a Tuesday morning? I mean, listen, ESPN's giving more shine to fucking WWE than they give to the WNBA. So, yeah. like... You but know, you're right, yeah, the, I, the Robin Roberts thing makes it a little more acceptable. Yeah, that's about it. But, I mean, you know, if I, if I didn't hear Stephen A. Smith yell about the Cowboys every day... <laughs> my I mean, how would we carry on with our lives? Off. Yeah, I might die. <laughs> I might legit die. It, it does feel like Disney treats Robin Roberts to the WNBA like Barry Melrose for the NHL. <laughs> it's like all she's missing is like the clown suit, and they're basically kind of hawking the same like mm. vibe in some executive's mind, I feel like. That makes sense. But also, um, I mean, is that is that a bigger platform than ESPN? Yeah, I wonder if it's like, you know, we're we're doing this as a promotion of women altogether you know not just women in sports so it makes more sense to announce on good morning america i just i mean i thought it was interesting because it, like the only espn coverage they had of it was the fact that chineo gumake works for espn so she could naturally say some things about the agreement because she's part of the players association yeah. um but i don't i don't think they had any experts otherwise <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The issue is it should have been on both because any other mm-hmm. major story, like they're they're fucking stopping the tracks. Like mm-hmm. everybody's talking about it right now on each iteration. So like they definitely fucked it up there, which I don't get because they're airing the games. 
once again, it's like you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, y'all are showing the games. You should report on the shit. <laughs> exactly. ESPN and the NBA alike feels like they treat the WNBA coverage and like ownership like Paul Rudd when he's putting his plates away in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> it's like, ah, 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 fine. I don't get it, man. I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel like at least it's walking in the right direction. God damn. Because this shit before was insane. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they were, you know, kind of celebrating how long this agreement is for. Like, look how much, like, stability the league will have. Like, we have a new agreement for eight years. And the entire time I'm thinking, like, shit, we're stuck with these numbers for eight years. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're supposed to be happy with this for another eight years. I'm sort it's- of looking forward to the lockout. I think a WNBA <laughs> lockout is going to be sick. Cambage is going to be like, <laughs> like DJing big parties. You know what I mean? I it's hope she comes kinda... back for at least a few more years. She hasn't committed to anything beyond this season. Mm, interesting. I'm just trying to get a deal. If she gets a record deal, she's out. That's yeah. what <laughs> See, what's interesting is one of the things that a lot of people were mentioning was that the new CBA makes it easier for players to become free agents so they're not bound to the teams that drafted them. That's not really an issue in the WNBA because anytime a woman doesn't want to be part of her team, she demands a trade and they have to trade her because otherwise she just won't play. Well, fuck. <laughs> because you can just not play and say, oh, I'll just play overseas this year. And and, and make twice the money. Exactly. Like, oh, like, yeah. Your team is F. They they have to move you. Like Chanea Gumake didn't want to play in Connecticut. They had to move her. Liz didn't want to play in Dallas. They had to move her. I it mean, it does feel like the NBA guys actually just got hip to what the WNBA. Yeah, they just stole. <laughs> I mean, I think they had a, a conversation with like Elena Deladon and Sue Bird and Diana at like All Star Weekend uh, when they were like, "Yeah, you hear about these NBA trade demands? Like, shit, I've been doing that since I was like in my third year in the WNBA." <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, which is sick. I can't like, like if I like, like if like, if like the improv does me dirty. I can't just be like, all right, I'm doing stand up in Switzerland. You bitch like, <laughs> I mean, you I don't, actually I don't could. need you. You think? I don't think yeah. so, dude. What's I don't stopping think, you? I don't think they like the N word stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I hear the one? Netherlands is good for comedy. I thought you were going to say the Netherlands <laughs> is good for the N word. <laughs> which is also true, which is that's a double hey. They, hey. <laughs> Dutch people get a little racy. <laughs> Last yeah, I man. checked. Last time that I checked. Yeah, that would have been much funnier. My my bad for missing that opportunity, Peter. <laughs> hey, it's so, fine. No, That's listen. a lot. You put it off the glass. You it's put okay. it off the glass. Yeah. We got there. We got there. Listen, Serena, this is our first time running the three-man weave together. So, you know, it's only going to get sharper when we have you on next to talk about. What do you have? Any any thoughts on the clips or the Lake Show? Any, I know they're both kind of slowly trotting through the best like two you know like the top two seeds although it feels like it's exhausting both of them anything yeah, that you're looking forward to leading up to the all-star break or potential trades uh i i assume both teams are gonna make a move um it's just unlike the clippers to stay pat especially with this new front office so i think something's gonna happen i'm pretty sure it'll be significant like affecting the rotation players too um can they give portland harkless back can they just give him back? <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to. You can't trade back to a team within the same year, can you? Ugh. 
I remember learning this rule when the Lakers traded Lamar Odom. I just wanted him to come back so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do you who do you actually think is going to win? The title, I'm pretty sure Milwaukee's going to win. Ooh, spice. Yeah, spice okay. level. I, I like just, that. I, I just got uh, 60 to 1 odds. I put down a tiny bit of cheddar on the Indiana Pacers. Tell me that's insane. Fast. No, no, I, I love that. I mean, my fantasy team this year has been carried by Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis, so I'm all for it. I just picked up Oladipo, too. Yeah, and Oladipo's coming back. He doesn't have to be right until the playoffs anyways. And that team plays so hard. They're so annoying to play against. So annoying. They, yeah, they, a couple injuries that could do it, but it's going to have to. A couple people are going to have to go down. I just felt like if I was going to set a small amount of money on fire, that was the most uh, intelligent way to do it. Plus, it's a team that's kind of fun to root for, at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our 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 feeling on this podcast is that the Pacers and the Raptors are just the true agents of chaos in the oh, NBA yeah. Eastern playoffs. I appreciate agents of chaos. They make things far more interesting. Hell yeah! That's also uh, that's also what, what Chris Paul calls anyone who upsets him on the on the thunder and agent of chaos. Sabrina, thank you so so much for joining us. Is there uh, where can people find your writing and your work online? So if you go on, I'm on Twitter at Sabrina J M. That's S A B R E E N A J M, and you can find all of my work there. Awesome. Well, we will definitely get you out to our um, undisclosed Glendale location sometime when uh, um, when you're maybe heading down to Staples Center or something like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, we appreciate the time. Jamel, you got to plug anything? I mean, this is an emergency app, so you're going to do it all again in a couple days. Yeah, so uh, I want to plug Life Alert. Uh, <laughs> check your pulse, baby. <laughs> it's an emergency. AirbudsPod.com. Podstar Weekend coming up February 13th live at the Virgil and Silver Lake. We will have more details and tickets to come. Check your Twitter threads. Peace out. Happy basketball. Happy basketball. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.